Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Judges. Alrighty, faithful listeners. Well, today we are going to be discussing Judges chapter four and everything going on with this woman, J.L., and Sisera. Now, for those of you who didn't get a chance to listen to Monday's or Wednesday's episodes, I highly recommend that you do in order to understand this one, but I will give you a quick recap just to refresh your brain. Sisera was the captain of the army of Jabin. Now, Jabin was a Canaanite king at this time period who was oppressing Israel very badly. And Israel finally, after 20 long years, calls out to God. So this woman, Deborah, was a judge at the time, and she was also a prophetess. So she calls uh, this guy Barak, who was a Naphtalite uh, from the tribe of Naphtali, and she calls him to her and she's like, God told you to go defeat Sisera. So why are you still like chilling in Naphtali? Why aren't you going to defeat Sisera? And so uh, Barak was kind of a chicken and he was like, I am not going unless you go with me, Deborah. And so Deborah was like, all right, fine, I'll go with you. But because you were willing to put a woman in danger going into war, then God says that he is actually going to give the glory of this victory over Sisera to a woman. If that's what you want, Barak, that's what you're going to get. So Barak goes out to war with Deborah and Barak actually defeated all of Sisera's army. So now this is where we leave off, verses 17 through 24. So grab your Bible and the version that you prefer, but I'll be reading out of W.E.B. And also make sure to grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea this morning to enjoy while you're listening to scripture. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 16. It says, Barak pursued the chariots and the army to Harasheth of the Gentiles, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. There was not a man left. However, Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there is peace between Jabin, the king of Hazer, and the house of Heber the Kenite. Jael went to meet Sisera, and she said to him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, don't be afraid. He came into her into the tent, and she covered him with a rug. He said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. She opened a container of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. He said to her, Stand in the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there any man here? You shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and struck the pin into his temples and pierced it through into the ground, for he was in a deep sleep. So he fainted and died. Behold, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you seek. He came to her, and behold, Sisera lay dead, and the tent peg was in his temples. So God subdued Jabin the king of Canaan before the children of Israel on that day. The hand of the children of Israel prevailed more and more against Jabin the king of Canaan until they had destroyed Jabin the king of Canaan. So it says that here in verse 17 that Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, for there was peace between Jabin and and Heber the Canite, Kenite. It actually mentioned this uh, tent earlier on in this chapter. It said that uh, Heber the Kenite was actually a relative of Moses, and he had like broken away from Moses's family or something like that. Let me see if I can find that. Okay, here's what it says. 
in verse 11. Now Heber the Kenite had separated himself from the Kenites, even from the children of Habob, Moses's brother-in-law, and had pitched his tent as far as the oak in Zananim, which is by Kadesh. Oh, I'm sorry. It doesn't actually say that he's Moses's relative. It just says that he broke himself off basically of Israel, this guy, this uh, Heber the Kenite, and he pitched his tent basically on the outskirts of Israel and from what it looks like here, practically into Gentile territory. So this means that Heber the Kenite was in good standing with Jabin, the king of Hazer. It says that they actually had a peace treaty. And that's because I would guess Heber the Kenite uh, ended up breaking away from the Israelites for whatever reason. So it mentions here about this tent. It says Sisera fled away to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. So it sounds to me like Sisera specifically went to this area, this Kenite area. And I would guess that's because the Kenites were in a peace treaty with the king of Jabin. So Jael comes out to meet Sisera. Maybe she saw him far away. Maybe she was a prophetess herself. and Or maybe she just got a message from God. Or perhaps she was able to see the fact that Sisera was all alone and that God was against Sisera. We don't know why JL knew to do this, but she did. And so she acted wisely and she goes up to Sisera and she invites him into her tent. Now, here's the thing. We can see that in Old Testament culture that a lot of times the men and the women would have separate tents. I don't know if that was a rule. That like husband and wives like slept separately from each other or if that was more with like richer families that they each had separate tents i don't know um but either way this woman jl clearly had a tent all on her own and so she didn't have her husband staying there in that tent it was the woman's tent so she goes up to cicero and she's like come into my tent sir turn in my lord turn into me don't be afraid. So she kind of uses her uh, womanliness <laughs> to get him into her tent. This is common, I think, throughout history. There's a lot of stories with World War II of women um, using their womanliness, their wiles, to trick men and then assassinate them. And that's kind of what JL did here, honestly, because she had a tent all on her own. She was probably not suspicious looking. Maybe she was beautiful. It doesn't say that she was or not, but she was probably just not suspicious. And I would guess that Sisera, who was very scared of being assassinated because he knew that his army was completely gone and all he wanted to do was probably get back to Jabin, the king. He sees that JL is inviting him into her tent. And so he's like, great place to, to hide out, basically. So he does it. And it says he came into her tent and she covered him with a rug. Now, I would guess that it would be super inappropriate for any man at all to enter into a woman's tent other than the husband. I can imagine that would be really, really bad. And especially she covers him with a rug. So she was like getting him all cozy in this tent. <laughs> so he says to her, please give me a little water to drink for I am thirsty. So he's been traveling on foot for probably miles. And he's extremely thirsty at this point. And so she opens a container of milk, <laughs> gives him a drink and covers him. Now, here's the thing. This milk 
milk a, a very common old remedy if you can't sleep at night is to drink a glass of warm milk i'm sure you guys have heard that before so she's basically trying to make him super sleepy okay so she doesn't give him water she doesn't give him cold refreshing water she gives him warm cozy milk and then she covers him with a blanket <laughs> Maybe she's speaking lullabies to him. I don't know. But she's getting him tired and cozy. And he was already tired from traveling for miles, probably the exhaustion of everything. And he probably feels finally safe for a moment. And now his belly is filled with warm milk. And so he goes to sleep. But before he goes to sleep, he says to her in verse 20, stand in the door of the tent. And if any man comes and inquires of you and says, is there a man in here? You shall say no. So he kind of threatens her a little bit. And he says, look, you go stand watch. And if anybody asks you if there's a man in here, you say no. And they'll probably they would probably believe her, honestly, because like I said earlier, men didn't go into women's tents unless there was a serious problem. And uh, so if if JL was like, no, there's no man in here, it's very possible that um None of the men would actually go into her tent to take a look if there was a man in there. But I'm going to guess she agrees to do that. She waits till he's dead asleep. And so it says, then JL, Heber's wife. It's interesting that uh, that's mentioned there in verse 21. One thing I've learned about scripture is if it's repeated, if something is repeated multiple times in a passage, it's because the author wants to make a point. Then J.L., Heber's wife. I mean, maybe the point here is that Heber, J.L.'s husband, was actually in a peace treaty with Jabin, and because of that with Sisera also. So J.L. had the knowledge to go against her husband, in a sense, to do God's will here. And God's will was that Sisera was going to die. It's very clear. Throughout this entire passage, Sisera, according to God, was going to die. So J.L., Heber's wife, takes a tent peg and a hammer and goes softly to Sisera and struck the pin into his temples and pierced it through into the ground. So, man, this lady was strong. It says that she uh, basically did it all in one go. She pierced it through his temples and into the ground, for he was in a deep sleep. So he fainted and died. Now, I read on Enduring Word that women were the ones who primarily set up the tents. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it is because women were kind of like the homemakers. And so uh, perhaps they were the ones that set the, the tent up. So maybe JL was just really good at using a uh, hammer and tent pegs. And so she pierces his, his skull and she pierced through so hard that he's pinned into the ground through his temples. And so he fainted and died. So then Barak is pursuing Sisera. JL comes out of her tent to meet him. And she's like, come here, I'll show you the guy who you're looking for. <laughs> and so Barak uh, goes into her tent and Sisera lays there dead with the tent peg in his temples. So God subdued Jabin, the king of Canaan, before the children of Israel on that very day. 
So because Cicero is dead, who was the captain of the army, not to mention that uh, Barak killed off the, the rest of the army, and now Jael kills Cicero, Jabin lost his entire army pretty much. He lost uh, his, his captain. And it says that Jabin, the king of Canaan, was subdued that very day. And so the children of Israel prevailed more and more against Jabin until they destroyed him is what it says. So I have a question for you guys. Why is this gory story in Judges 4 looked at so positively when the story in Judges 3 is kind of looked at very negatively? And I really think you guys know the answer to that question. It's because Jael was a woman and Ehud in Judges 3 was a man. And honestly, guys, I'm really not trying to look down on my own sex because what Jael did here was awesome. She followed God's plans. She had enough knowledge of God to know what his plan was for her. But you can say the same thing about Ehud. The king in Judges chapter 3 was supposed to die, and Ehud was following God's plan for that. So that's kind of like a cultural thing that we insert into scripture, where we say, oh, you know, Ehud was in the wrong for doing basically the exact same thing that Jael did. But Jael was fine because she was a woman and God told her to do this. See, that is us inserting modern culture into scripture, and we just can't do that. I think the better way to look at it is both Ehud and Jael were following God's plans. And yes, it was unique that Jael was a woman. And God even said that uh, he was going to give the glory of this battle to a woman. And we remember Jael's name and we remember Deborah's name. We do not remember uh, Barak, <laughs> which, by the way, I think I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly. It could be Barak. Barak. I'm not sure. But um, we kind of forget about him and we focus on the women in this chapter. So my point with that little quip is that it's really important to read scripture without having our Western culture inserted into it. Because when we insert our feelings and our experiences into scripture, that's when scripture starts to get twisted. And that's when scripture starts to get interpreted incorrectly. We just got to read the Bible with fresh eyes and see what God was really saying in these chapters. But one thing I really want to say about JL to conclude is that she really put herself on the line to do God's will. Like, think about what she could have lost. Say her husband found out that she was hiding Sisera in her tent and he was like all cozy and snuggled up in her tent. She could have also failed and Sisera could have killed her. She had a lot on the line, but she was willing to have faith in God and do what God told her to do. Well, anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's very fun for me to, to learn about and to talk about biblical women. And that's because I am a woman. And so I like to talk about um, uh, strong women in the Bible. But anyway, guys, don't forget about the YouTube episode I am doing about women, actually. That will be up very soon. I'll let you guys know as soon as that is up so you can go over to YouTube and check that out because that's only going to be available on YouTube. Friends and faith listeners, hope you have a fantastic weekend. I will see you guys on Monday for another episode out of Judges. Until then, happy listening, happy weekend, and God bless.